Hello, everybody. Welcome to Sonic Talk. Happy New Year for those of you who haven't been uh, had that shouted at you endlessly for the last few days. I thought I'd just, you know, in case you'd missed that it was actually 2024, I thought I'd just throw it in there now. Uh, welcome, everybody, uh, to Sonic Talk 2024, the first episode. You might notice we've now, uh, what I'm trying to do every year now is change the poster frame for each series. So last year was a kind of purpley colour. This year's going to be a sort of golden ochre um, the year before that was bluish so so if you're ever sure not sure what it is i'll put a key up i mean so we've got three years worth of poster frame color coding coming up now <laughs> anyway this is a music technology podcast we talk about all things to do with music technology synthesizers drum machines samplers technology streaming live ai all how any way technology sort of interfaces with the process of making recording and performing music and i want to say welcome to everybody i want to say uh, first of all thanks to everybody in the chat room for showing up we've got a bunch of familiar faces there and some new ones three trillion wagyu of course who is there um, manning the controls i hope you enjoyed your bottle we sent you a little something for as a big thank you for all your all your intrepid work uh, moderating and also running the irc kind of server and all of that stuff inky to cat red walks the kissing kissing the machine don't think i've seen you before mr phoenix geert martins anyway loads of people there lovely to see you all and uh, and uh, many of you also uh, members of our Patreon. How slick was that for a change? Anyway, yes, welcome. <laughs> so, um, uh, one thing I will say is, uh, oh, I did have I did have a point to make which I've completely forgotten. So I'll just move ahead, move on, and say hello to our guests. I'm going to start over. Um, I'm not sure. Are you in Bristol, Robbie? Robbie Bronneman, come yes. in, please. Ah, Hello okay. There. Of course, Robbie. Happy New Robbie Year. You, we haven't seen Robbie for ages. Nice to see you there. New studio, new camera, new microphone. Up in your game, yeah. somewhat. Uh, yeah. So I, I, and and you, you're working on a film score at the moment. Is that right? Is that kind of your current focus, yeah. or you're about to? Yeah, or? just working on a film score. Yeah, it's just been a sort of busy, busy year last year. Got married at the end of last year, which is fantastic. Oh, congratulations. So, um, so yeah, so that's all very exciting. Um, and then, yeah, working on a film score this January. And then I've uh, got a, got an album project. And then we've got a big gig with OMD, Howard and OMD at the O2 Arena in March. So we've got some stuff to do for that. Right. Okay. So plenty of uh, plenty of work to do. Yeah. Uh, you got an Osmos as well, didn't you? Because uh, you're part I of the have. gang. Because uh, yeah, we've got one here. As uh, and we've got actually, I should plug that we've got an Osmos competition, haven't we? I should hit that button now. Don't forget yeah, to join the Osmos competition. Twentieth uh, of January. Uh, if you click there, there's plenty of people. Uh, so yeah, you can win uh, an Osmos. So anyway, but yeah, sorry, that was a that was a rather yeah. interject. So um, uh, how are you finding it? Just curious. I love it. I love it. I I had a seaboard 49 before in the space that i'd got back and i'm and i got rid of that a while ago um and kept just my little seaboard block um so i'd had my eye on it for a long time but um i thought seeing as i got another film score it was this was the time to push the button so um yeah no yeah. i love it i've only i got it only got it a couple of weeks ago so just sort of getting into it but it's um it's fantastic and it's great with other libraries as well so i'm um, I'm very pleased that it was the only space I had left for another keyboard in the studio. So I thought it justified it, seeing as it's, you know, the only way of getting it will be like that. So, yeah. Oh, I can't hear you. Lost your sound. Oh, dear. 
Hello. Well, now hello. Hello. Beg your pardon. Um, I'm just one of the things that uh, that some people have been saying is that you know it's the, the split, isn't it? People who want to be able to edit like crazy the sounds, and people who just want to be able to play those remarkable patches, seems to be the uh, the, the it's the, yeah. the the playing that's the focus of this instrument because um, it's quite an unfamiliar synthesis type, and that even if with a good editor, it might be tricky to get your best. Well, out. I think I think it's like it's such a learning curve to learn to play it. I think my, by basically looking at it like, let's actually learn to play it properly first. So it, you know, it doesn't, it does have the propensity to sound like, like sort of bad, bad you know, horrible bagpipes and things if you don't, if you don't put yeah. the work in. So the get learning to play it and then sort of then maybe hopefully there'll be a little bit more refinement with regards to the, to the editing side of things to kind of make it a little bit more of an easy path. Yeah. Oh, the macros work pretty well, but uh, yeah. Yeah. The macros are good it. enough. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, lovely exactly. to see you, Robbie. Uh, we'll also <coughs> say hello to... Oh, let's go over to Bristol West. I don't know if it's West at all, but I East. thought I'd say that. East. Gaz Williams there in his, yeah. stu his uh, studio. Uh, lovely to see you, Gaz. Uh, I hope you had a good break and uh, uh, the new year is looking uh, promising for you and all of those, you know, all of those <laughs> platitudes that one says at the start of a new year. But I generally wish you m much happiness. How are you? Are you good? Yeah, 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 really good. Thank you. I'm kind of excited about the new year. I'm sort of got uh, some quite interesting things happening, really. So the label is is main focus, really. This new record label. Um, oh yeah. See where that goes. That's called Rack. That's uh, so that's 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 something that is um, we're working out the kind of year now. Sort of like when we're gonna. I've never done a label before, so it's a new it's a new a new pasture uh pasture no um pastime no it's not a pastime Pasty, yeah yeah uh, a new direction direction yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> and um <laughs> uh so yeah yeah just so we're you know we're looking at um vinyl running times and leading times and stuff and just working out that sort of thing and oh, right logistics and administration yes of course <laughs> yeah um but oh yeah no some really cool 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 things happening um i'm yeah it's i'm afraid it's really modular land for me now um which is just getting more and more i'm getting i don't know more and deeper more down. deeper and deeper <laughs> yeah um but yeah yeah and i just yeah i've been spending like almost all my time with in the modular sort of world now so um yeah and, and i think it's not so much that it's modular synth it's more to do with it's well for me anyway is um and i've mentioned this before though but it's like finding uh a, a form of expression electronic music expression that fits you know that that mm. um, and it's taken a long time really to find that but now i really feel i'm getting somewhere i've just uh recently well, I've just yesterday I've just installed a Bella Gliss into my live rig, which is quite an interesting little module, which allows you to do some. Uh, it's just like a little capacitive strip, uh, but it's a really clever little little thing. Um, but that's again is all part of this finding expressivity. So much like the Osmos being, you know, like the king of expressivity, really modular isn't known necessarily for being able to uh to to be expressive with but in the last few gigs that i've been doing uh, i've been using a touche in fact i've been using I've been ah using okay dual touches as well um and the touche uh, are by expressive e of course um it comes in a couple of 
versions, doesn't it? There's one that's just USB only, but the ones that I've got, I've got the the CV the CV outs on there, and uh, and it's that's a good idea. Really, Sounds like a great yeah, idea. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, so find so I'm starting to find that that's a way of channeling my sort of inner self into the modular world as opposed to being a little bit disconnected. I, you know what? I, I think, Gaz, what you need to do is get them to design you some very high-strength polymers that go in the, the thing so you could actually use them like mini trampolines and it would be a oh, much yeah. more physical a much more physical performance, you know, so I you can it. really, really I'm jump up and down. Oh gosh, please, please. <laughs> I'm right into that. <laughs> yeah, well, that sounds good. That sounds good. Yeah. Uh, anyway, a lovely to have you, Gaza. And we also have Paulie Bow, who's there also with a fantastic new camera in high resolution. You've, I'm not sure it's going to be compatible with an Amiga. Oh, I, let me get your uh, your. Let me just get your vo uh, your volume up a little bit. You've gone a little bit quiet. Yeah, no problem. Just... Yeah, how are you? For once in my life. Not bad, not bad, thank you. Yeah, I've got a new Razer Koyo Ultra, which is a Sony Stavia 2 sensor in it. It's huge for a webcam. It's absolutely massive. But, um, yeah, the, uh, the quality is really nice, I think. And I don't have to Excellent. mess about with all this, you know, routing stuff and using phones and stuff like that anymore. So hmm. pretty happy with that. But, um, yeah, other than that, of course, I've been mixing my documentary. Um, yep. which is going quite well. Um, sadly, I've been quite ill over Christmas. I've first oh got hand, hand, foot and mouth, so I looked <laughs> like I was covered in, port, uh, you know, like um, sores and everything all on my hands. Mm -hmm. it was, it was Sounds very, a bit biblical. Yeah, it was very nice. It was a bit <laughs> biblical. I was like, oh, dear. And then, um, then I got flu after a couple of days. After. Oh. So I've been in bed most of the time. But I have, you know, unearthed some more long-lost uh, old computer software. So that's pretty good. So it's more fodder for my, my videos exploring, you know, um, old computers using synthesis and stuff like that, which there is quite a niche market for. Those videos I do seem to uh, yeah. to get quite a lot of views, so that's pretty good. But, yeah, no, other than that, I've just kind of recovered enough today to be able to, um, you know, not be coughing all over oh, your podcast. So one last thing is I was very happy. I was in Sainsbury's and I found a shade of nail varnish that's exactly Akai Beige. Oh, wow. That's on Is that what it's called? <laughs> Akai Beige? It's not, it should be called Akai Beige. It's called Sea Salt could, by Barry M. Yeah, they could, by, they could by yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Call, call it like Akai Tomberwolf or something. Yeah. But yeah, Excellent. there we go. That's that's me. You sound a little bit off ac a little bit off axis, if I may, uh, if I may be so bold. That's I don't know whether fine. you can move. Yeah, it's just there's probably okay. a bit more room in it, but that's okay. So, um, yeah, well, obviously there's there's not an awful lot of news. I mean, there's quite a lot of um, uh, uh, patch banks and new patches and new bits and pieces and things like that. And so, you know, not a great deal of stuff to talk about. But we get, you know, we did talk a little bit about, you know, what uh, what was happening last year and you know favorite synths and all of that uh, i know um uh, on the last show where i was wearing my christmas hat 
I'm wondering whether or not uh, I, I, my first topic is literally just predictions for 2024, uh, which is kind of, you know, it's a very broad thing. And it might tie in with there was a question actually from Nick Howes uh, in the chat room said, will this year be the year that AI hopefully gets killed by the music industry or will it go the opposite way and take over? But I wonder what, what we think uh, maybe uh, as we got predictions for 2004. I mean, I know, Robbie, you're um, well, you haven't been on the show for ages, so I'm going to come to you yeah. first and you're probably going to have your head down not really caring about predictions for 2024 because you're doing a film soundtrack which is kind of fairly all-encompassing i'd yeah. imagine but i'd still i'd still be interested to know what you think what do you think is going to be going on where are we going to see uh the new stuff happening oh god i mean i mean the ai stuff is it's just it seems to i seem to be like bombarded every day on social media with the latest ai plugin isn't it it's like everything's like got ai tagged to it now um yeah uh no, I, don't, I, 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 it's hard to know. I mean, I'm all, I'm, I'm already finding, I'm already finding uses for it. I've got a great, I've got a great plugin, um, a bit of software I use for extracting stems from a stereo file, which I've already found some really good uses for in my workflow. So you know, right. I'm, 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 I'm sort of, you know, you know, extracting everything, splitting it all up, the instruments, drums, bass, taking the vocal off, and all that kind of thing, um, which has been. I've been working on a project with a guy who's got some demos from a long time ago. So I've been able to sort of forensically go back and listen to these really old demos and split it up and work out what's going on. So, uh, yeah, I mean, that side of AI oh, for me has been very useful. Um, I mean, other than that, I'm kind of in the situation, I'm kind of in the place where I'm very happy with my studio. I've, I, I streamlined quite a lot last year uh, in terms of like hardware. I've just got the absolute things that I absolutely love and use regularly. Um, and, um, and, and I have exactly the right amount of things that go into exactly the inputs I've got. So nothing has to be repatched. It's all available all the time. And that's just working, working great for me. I have been loving, I, I bought, a, I bought a library over Christmas by Slate and Ash, which I think are a, a Bristol based company do software yeah. instruments, uh, so libraries for contact called Spectres. I'm a big fan of their stuff. So I'll be using that a lot on the film score, but, um, yeah, I mean, it's just it's just such a wealth, isn't there? Of, of I mean, certainly on the software front, there's such a wealth of stuff out there. There's absolutely no excuse for people saying they they haven't got access to the tools because it's just it's just mind-boggling how much stuff there is. So yeah, it's interesting you say. What what's the software you're using for extraction? Because we did an interview with uh, mm. Jessica Powell of AudioShake uh, AI, which is an online thing, and the the quality of the separation is quite astonishing. I've on, tried two different on ones. One of them I used is called Moises. All oh, right, I don't uh, know that one. one. That's that's one of the ones I've been using. Can't remember off the top of my head what the other one was called. Uh, one of them was what available through the phone. But I mean, it's it was it was it's outstanding. I mean. It's incredible. I mean, it's just like voodoo, isn't it? You just can't yeah. quite can't quite compute how how it can do it. But it's um, I mean, I, obviously, I see the bad side of it. It means that it means everybody's fair game for any number of remixes of any track to be done by any number of people who feel like having a go at their music. So yeah, because yeah, well, you can extract true. an acapella off anything, you know. So there is that. But I mean, uh, I mean, yeah, the, I mean. It's just that that kind of for th for tools that really help in the workflow of doing things you couldn't do before. I guess the best example of that's the Beatles, you know, that Beatles track. Oh that, yeah, that yeah, yeah, all, yeah. That, that was all done with because of that, wasn't it? I mean, I don't particularly think it's a great mix, even after they did that. But regardless of that, <laughs> at least they were able to extract the vocal. So um, yes. Yeah. 
Well, yeah. that, no, that's fair enough. Uh, speaking of great mixes, actually, I should uh, uh, send people over to uh, your Instagram where there's a link to your uh, 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 music. And I was looking at, uh, I was looking at that like, that track you posted. Sound the mix is great, really, really good. Actually, I'm just Thank like, you. wow, yeah. this sounds fantastic. Um, but yes, okay. Um, I don't know, Gaz. What about yourself? Are you kind of um, have you got any got any thoughts on that? I mean, it could be in any world, I suppose. If you're deep into modular, there may be some stuff there, or or well, not something i've been waiting for years to see the return of in a way is like the kind of porter studio type thing you know or you know the ability to make tracks on a device that is um you know the obviously the op1 can, can do it with its tape on there i know you know not talking about like um drum machines or groove boxes but just being like um so well the I'm not sure if it's out or it's just come out there. The Torso S4 looks amazing. Oh, looks good, yeah. and, and that's the kind of thing that I'm kind of keen to see. Um, Polyend have had a real hit on their hands with both the Play and the Tracker. Now the Tracker, the tracker Mini, um, you know, these kind of standalone devices that allow you to make songs uh, mm, you know, interesting. away from the computer. You know, you know I'm just... just so not into computers for music making and i think it's just death <laughs> yeah so uh, uh i'm sampling I, that death <laughs> yeah. um so uh you know so things that allow you to make songs that's what i'm hoping for you know as i say these like that torso for instance looks brilliant you know because it's got it's on like like a four track four stereo tracks that you, but the fact that you can work with all these nice modern ideas granulary type things etc um but are able to in some way make these constructions um mm. something that i've been gassing for ridiculously that is absolutely a, a luxury item though is the um teenage engineering tp7 mm. the little portable yeah. recorder i know which, what you mean it's a massive deal breaker with that at the moment in that you can't put loop points in and you can't make you can't sort of put a loop or sort of you know um punch in type stuff or you know uh if they bring out an update that facilitates that, because you've got like three stereo, you could use, you know, you could have like three stereo tracks going into it. And I think if there was a little bit more in the... What, like old-fashioned tape, you mean? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. punching. <laughs> so I want this cutting-edge, microscopic digital thing to have tape. That's interesting. You can't uh. underestimate that, though. I mean, you know, um, just being able to build like the op1 that was one of the great things when the op1 first came out for me that was my favorite thing was being able to make these lovely collage tape things mm, you know okay fair enough um so that's i don't know if things are going to come out so i'll be interested in nam and super booth well, there's to see a, if there was a big result there was a big review on uh create digital music of the the, the kind of the overall um field kit as a sort of compositional uh, uh, system, which is quite worth reading. And some of the music is kind of fun on there. And, and there was, yeah. there's some sort of deeper criticisms of it, which is actually worth checking out. Where was that, Nick? Uh, cdm.link uh, so create digital oh, music i think it's one of the mo more recent articles yeah, uh, but yeah it's a very desirable i should just point out that uh, nick house says the roland mv1 gas bloody brilliant and i have to say because i last year i mean this is getting off topic off topic but last year <laughs> I, I was just sort of 
going through a few videos and I happened to watch the one that I did on the MV1 <laughs> and I was really, I was listening to the music. I was going, oh, that's actually quite good. So obviously there was something about it that enabled yeah. me to kind of put together quite a long right. uh, arrangement. I mean, it was very convoluted and really unfamiliar, but nonetheless, it's a device that has a lot of capabilities. Yeah. Plus it's got, a, it's got a Zencore synth engine. So you can, you mm. can fill your boots with that as well. Mm. It's just a bit unusual, but yeah. There was a few limits, I think, to the amount of audio tracks and stuff that. So, but that is actually I've forgotten about that. Um, but yeah, yeah. So you, it's a weird thing. It's a sort of it is a weird hybrid thing because you mm. can sample for hour, you know, for quite a long time. Yeah. But the way that you trick, you do the samples, it's really weird. You can't just record samples and they they do like they're not they're all one shot. So you sort of trigger them in a different mode. It's all a bit odd but yeah still kind of impressive what you could do with it so but yeah okay so um did you say anything about trends sorry i i, I mean we got a bit sidetracked there and i can't remember what <laughs> what actually happened uh, well i've been um you know i've been so sort of modular kind of focused and there were definitely trends within there um so that but I, I, I don't won't go into that because I know it bores no. the pants off other people. <laughs> <laughs> so, Have I got rid people. of my modular? Yeah, Did I got you? my modular. Yeah, I sold wow. everything for Christmas. Just I, to I live in the bloody box. Just free. I had this. I had, I had a lovely modular system, and it sat on my mm, kitchen table. And um, I kind of would dip into it, but because my kind of thinking of it's always been, I wanted it to be a very digital sound design type module i didn't want mm. it to be like recreating additive synthesis every time i came back to it half the modules i'd go right i don't remember what these buttons do and they've got about four functions and they've got these yeah. menus and yeah. i had all these little booklets for all these modules i kept getting out and every time i worked i realized i'd spent an hour looking in these manuals to try mm -hmm. and work out how to get it into this mode or that mode and then by the time i'd done all that i thought i could have just been doing some music by now yeah. and so oh, for me point. For me, it just wasn't because because modular isn't you know I I don't make my living from mod you know it doesn't work in my workflow apart from the fact the the only ode to modulars I've got a, you know the, I've got a Behringer System One Hundred set up in here that's about as modular as I get but it's all pretty much predefined you know what I mean I realise yeah. that it, it's not my workflow and I and I don't get anything that's that's time cost time effective using it so it's really mm. just for fun and even then. I, I, you know, it's just I haven't got a lot of time. So I thought this stuff is just sitting here and some of it just depreciates and depreciates. So I might as well consolidate and put it in, put this money into things that I really, I really use on a day to day basis. So that's fair went, enough. So, that's fair enough. Yeah, it yeah. went for now. Who knows? I might change yeah. in the future. But for now, mm -hmm. that kind of seemed the right way for me. Uh, Paulie, what about uh, predictions, yes. predictions or uh, kind of observations on that point? Oh, yeah. I have got something, but I just wanted to chip in on modular. Um, it's not really my workflow either. By the way, my microphone was the wrong way round. Ah, uh, so that sounds why. much better. That was it roomy. Does, isn't it? Now <laughs> it sounds, sounds like better. a Neumann. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, the... Um, as opposed to a Neumann. As hey! opposed to a Neumann. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh. <laughs> Show title. Anyway. So the um, the thing with modular is it's not my workflow either. Um, I'm I'm very linear door, or I'm using trackers on the Amiga uh, and middying between the two. But what I like it for is mindful um, excavations, and then I'll I'll record bits, you know, bits of jams. 
or bits of yeah. sound beds and and keep keep them on file for later. You know, like companies do with CVs and they never get back to you. Well, they <laughs> turn, <laughs> you you keep keep these jams on file, and and sometimes it's just what you need to load into you know uh, a soft synth sampler or a hardware sampler. But in terms of trending, I was thinking resynthesis is going to continue its march. Okay. Uh, of dominance because we've had some cool resynthesis hardware in the last year, like the Make Noise Spectrophone. It's a bit tricky to use, but it, it does kind of do some cool kind of resynthesis kind of stuff in a kind of quite, you know, knobby way. Um, and I think it's meaningful. <laughs> so I think we're going to get more meaningful because, you know, we've had resynthesis since 1993, was it, with the Axel resynthesizer? Yeah. But it but it was all sine waves, it was all impenetrable. So I think we're gonna get more meaningful resynthesis basically. I know there's um there's a piece of software currently at the moment and I can't remember the name of it, but you play it some audio and it'll just, you know, try and copy whatever the audio is and make it into a synth patch. So I think we're gonna see more stuff like that and then it'll give you some meaningful macro controls, you know, like brightness or yeah the kind of spectral skirt stuff that's in in yamaha it'd be good for yamaha to go down the resynthesis route actually um, yeah well especially they if got they can the... combined it with some physical modeling stuff that'd be well uh we are uh, speaking of but yamaha we, we do have a, we do have a, an appointment two appointments with yamaha already at nam where they're showing something wow. i have no idea what it is well two things i don't know what they are i've got absolutely no idea so that's that DX might be good chat maybe DX73 <laughs> FD. <laughs> no, it'll be SD, SD won't it's it? Rather brown. than FD. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It'd be nice. That's a good shout. What if they bring out some sort of reface with the new FMX engine? Or, well, I don't know. But yeah, you I know. Don't the know. I mean, I'm, the I'm shocked at how much money D DX7s go for. Considering how many were made, a good condition DX7 yeah. goes for like 500 quid. Wow. Yeah, it's mad, isn't it? Mind you, Trent Reznor trashed half of them. So, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, I've got that they I've were brown at the back. Yeah, yeah I know. they were brown. Yeah, they were. They're really they? nice. That's true. <laughs> <The> brown. <laughs> okay, there's a quiz question. Name brown. name a brown synthesizer. There's probably more than one anyway. <laughs> uh, name any other brown synthesizer. Oh. Well, that's not wood. You know, there's a brown. That's not uh, okay, well. <laughs> So um, I had a couple of thoughts because I was listening to uh, I listened to the uh, Twit Network uh, podcast and there was some uh, uh, Leo was on there uh, Laporte who's the host of a couple of the shows there and the and the, the sort of the, in charge and he was saying that he was trying to buy the new Peter Gabriel album which went to number one incidentally just when it was released just before Christmas amazing fantastic and and the thing is that's really interesting about what's going on at the moment if you go to iTunes or Amazon or any of the big music outlets they're just trying to sell you access to the stream they won't you can't it's really hard to find the place to buy the actual digital download of an album so you can't give money to the artists so I'm, I'm, it's interesting that that's being pushed and pushed and pushed because obviously recurring subscriptions is the no-brainer for everybody i mean you know hell why do you think we're doing patreon it's because it, it, it's it, it's planable um revenue you know i mean obviously we try and 
give value for that and i'm sure that there's but but they're actively sort of removing the ability to download the album and the only way you can but the interesting thing is bandcamp is what now um you can buy you know most big a lot of big artists now are putting their albums on bandcamp so fans can give them money directly and then you can also download the actual digital product and have it on your drive rather than accessing it via a streaming service that you know you may or may not change the licensing or whatever you have no idea you might be off so i think there's going to be some int i think there's going to be a bit of a battle between ownership and yeah. you know streaming and whatnot i think that might be something interesting but going back to well, your point paulie about uh you know all of those jams and whatnot that's that's to me strike some if somebody makes a decent ai kind of like file scanner that can just sort of get sure. to know your creative output and go oh and then be a bit like the clippy and just go hey this is this thing you did you know, yeah. I've noticed you're just sort of messing around. This thing you did would go with that. Do you want to try that? And, you know, that sort of stuff. <laughs> you could imagine that being useful, for instance, but I don't know why anybody just, would do it because... Yeah, sorry. Get can I just say, if you're on... I'm just going to give you an example. I use Apple, Mu I use Apple Music, but but if 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 you just click right-click on a file, you get a menu and it says go to iTunes Store and you can just buy it. Uh, but does it always go to... But does it go to the track or does it go to the artist? Because this is one thing. It goes that they to the were track about. or you can buy the album. So I can go and buy the album now or I can go and buy the individual tracks. I can buy the album for thirteen ninety nine. Okay. All right. Interesting. Yeah, you, Maybe it's you, just it's, a bit it's hidden right then. Click. It's, right. Yeah, it's, well, it's right, click, right click is not terribly accessible, I would say. But, uh, yeah. Oh, it's all download. Yeah, I agree. By default, it's all for you to stream or download to your stream off your hard drive but if you right click on it it takes you to the itunes store which is separate to apple music and there you can buy oh, things God. as you always could uh, anyway, yes I, and it's so, a terrible experience the itunes store but yes something, I get something that is worth mentioning actually it's a bit off topic but it's just following on from the apple music thing finally now when you look at a track you know and you, you see the three little dots at the side if you if you click on the little dots at the top of the pop-up is view credits go to view credits and you can see like production details and you know oh right okay information like you know producers whether you've been missed off them or not <laughs> yeah well, I, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, well let's step, not go there let's not go there step in the right direction you know because you know yeah. obviously credits are something that have been yeah. gone for ages in the streaming sort of world so that's a uh, that's quite positive yeah. to see Oh well, that's good. I mean, I think they could make them more front and centre. I'm sure there's a there's a yeah. way. <laughs> Excuse me. Okay, right. Well, I suppose the next thing. I mean, if, you th if we're thinking about in terms of you know what what our predictions are, there's also a kind of what didn't happen. You know, what were we told was going to happen that really hasn't <laughs> happened, <laughs> and it pretty much seems like almost everything. 3D TV, VR. <laughs> um, you know, there's a, there's loads of it. There's a huge sort of uh, a giant kind of uh, scree pile of. Uh, technology we thought was going to change our lives and hasn't really and hasn't taken on and and, and hasn't come in i wonder what uh, what people think i'll come to you first paulie because i don't know whether or not you uh, you have any uh, um you have any thoughts on the matter but it is i mean there's you know as a as an adopter of 
um, quite old technology. I mean, in many ways, old you know, th those are the th well, not old, but those things have stuck. You know, those things, and many of them have been yeah. very influential in terms of how we've got to where we are. So there's there's essences mm. of what we use now. But what yes. I mean, just wondering what you think about you know the things that that we were. Where are the flying cars? That's what I was wondering. <laughs> Where's my Back <laughs> to the Future hoverboard? That hover I was boots, promised? yeah. <laughs> in 1988. Um, yeah, by Mattel. Um, the uh, the thing that stuck out to me was the Korg. Was it Korg Gadget VR? It was. Oh it yes. Was, That's and right. I remember you. I remember Robin very graciously doing a live demo, looking yeah. like a complete idiot. <laughs> I'm joking, Robin. Anyway, um, it didn't. It seemed very clunky. Like you had to move the camera around. And then, you know, press on one thing and it just wasn't very intuitive. It didn't have that kind of, um, you know, when you see VR for games and you're doing like this, these ninja moves with your nunchucks and stuff, it didn't seem like that. It seemed more click on this tiny little square well you have you to know, because uh, the interface the interface is so tiny it's not like i mean exactly, big exactly. sort of gesturable movements when you're sort of you know chasing whatever it is you know or fighting yeah, dragons yeah, yeah. or whatever but you know if you had to actually kind of like enter a sort of 10 digit code in a tiny little panel on a sure. wall then it would be much the same i suppose it would but i guess something cool would be you know then instruments that are that big that you can play in vr like a timpani or something and maybe the True. vr set could have a like a set of tourist like bass pedals and you could control the pitches or even if there were just sensors on your feet you could control the pitches with your feet and then just smash the hell out of some metal pipes or something do you know what i mean and yeah. kind of make music that way that would be quite fun but yeah i i see that vr hasn't really progressed actually that much in not yet. you know the graphics not have got yet. better but the the feel of it hasn't got quite there yet you i think you're yeah. going to need one of those running man um slash total recall kind of 360 domes to put yourself in <laughs> you know to get well, full it, uh True. It's about resolution and frame yeah. rate as well. I think that's the other thing because yeah. the current current headsets. I mean, obviously Apple are sort of looming on the horizon, but Vision nobody's Pro. really seen what yeah. that's doing yet. Yeah, the Vision February. Pro. Uh, right. Yeah, it's coming soon. But I think what's going to be really interesting. I mean, just just to talk about the VR thing. I think what we're going to end up with is more like virtual displays. So imagine if I've got yeah. my laptop here and I can yeah. wear a headset that essentially gives me almost unlimited screen real estate. Exactly. So I can go. Exactly. I can go anywhere. I can. I can have a massive DAW session, and I can still use my yeah, mouse exactly. and my and other things. And I've just got this enormous sort of visual editing yeah. video, for instance. In fact, there was a. Again, this was mentioned on uh, this week's. Uh, uh, MacBreak Weekly, which is again on the Twitter network, they were saying that, you know, it, there was somebody, I think it was Alex Lindsay was saying that he was talking to somebody that was editing their video on a VR headset because it meant that they could just essentially, they had this enormous screen and they could move stuff around. I mean, not gesturally, but it gave them this enormous display. And I think that's something that maybe Apple is going to um, introduce. I mean, that's exactly. what he was just, I think that's where you were chipping in, just this unlimited amount of screen real estate effectively, you know? Yeah. Which, I mean, that's why, that's why, I mean, I, I, when I used to travel, I used to have this like mini laser projector by Sony, which is unfortunately just broken, um, which was literally the size of an iPhone. I used to connect it up to my laptop in hotel rooms and project it on the wall and have like a 70 inch logic session, you know, right. and it was like, it was like, this is like magic. This is the logic future. Session. Exactly <laughs> what you're saying. 
the ability right. to take around a little headset and to be able to yeah. work remotely on you know away from somewhere and feel like you've got massive real estate you can like you say either do your editing properly instead of looking at a little laptop screen or you know yeah. do your do your do your do your session with logic or, or mixing with all your faders up and everything I, I can see that that's going to be um a very good kind of of kind of thing down the line certainly i, I think yeah although it's not it's not it's not for the masses is it it's not for the public but certainly in the music for 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 people in the industry in the arts, mm. those sort of things, like you say, I think will, can be could be a tremendous. As long as it's the play, as long as you can wear it for a long time without feeling like it's uncomfortable. Yeah. As long as you can wear it, kind of almost like and forget about it. Then I think yeah, it's that not like a, a great thing. It's not like a nine-hour uh, motorcycle journey to to, to the north of Scotland <laughs> <Yeah>. and, <laughs> with a full face helmet on. Yeah, and you have to go to the uh, chiropractor every day afterwards. <laughs> well, there is that, but I think it's, <laughs> yeah. it's interesting though. That I mean, I think that could be an unexpected benefit yeah. because I mean, essentially, yeah. you'd still be using your mouse and maybe a couple of little controllers and MIDI controllers. In fact, you don't want to be fiddling around with your hands trying to touch tiny things <laughs> yeah. that don't exist. You yeah. want just I, I want a big screen so I can just go up there and I go move my mouse I'm editing this and I'm down here and I've got the yeah I mean that totally makes sense I don't know is that what you were thinking as well Gaz well yeah I mean the main criticism a lot of people have with VR and you know with the latest sort of meta headsets and various things is just that you don't really want to spend a lot of time in there yeah, you know, and it's quite re quite a relief to get out of it. So ah. it'll be interesting anyway to see when yeah, um, the Vision Pro ships. You know, it does. Uh, I mean, Robin Vincent, when we were talking about it before, Robin was concerned about the the weight of it, and uh, so until these things become, you know, really just feather light or whatever, I, th I have a feeling that yeah. it's going to hold back the experience. Yeah. Um, yeah. AR, on the other hand, though, or like, you know, or, you know, maybe... Augmented reality, yeah. Augmented reality, yeah, it is, um, could be more practical in terms of um, music production. Um, it, yeah, it, I mean, it, it's curious. I mean, as I just... Uh, mentioned that Vision Pro is going to be launching in February, and then um, that will be really interesting to see how that goes. Uh, um, although there's still a lot of uh, question marks. Yeah, about how it, 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 yeah, exactly. It's it's, it's, it's really expensive, and there just uh, just a quick uh, Lady Aptitude. You'd really rather be yeah. doing anything else? Quote from Vincent. The thing is, as well, with something like the Apple with the Vision Pro is you can have to have it you can have to have like a fitting session to yeah. have it so so it's not going to be something that you can just you know have one and then and then Try your friend out. comes in and go have it's a go with this major it's, commitment yeah yeah so um you know so i still think there's still some way to go with that uh and you know a few certainly a few generations before it, it does truly become uh, mainstream but coming back to the question about what has technology kind of not got to for me the biggest disappointment still is the lack of super low latency wireless uh headphones um it, it is i really i know uh that company ai i'm not sure i say it, um speakers uh They've got some headphones with, I think it's something like wireless speaker, uh, wireless headphones with, I think it's something like sub, it, 
I can't remember, maybe 12 milliseconds. 11 milliseconds is the threshold, really. As an instrumentalist, like, say, if I'm playing guitar or bass or whatever, or, or, or certainly vocals, um, you know, you really need to get it under nine milliseconds for it to mm. be mm. a really nice musical experience. But I'm really disappointed that we haven't seen that happen yet. It's, it's been years and years. I mean, I remember having a really having a go at a, a chap from Apple a few years back, uh, you know, about where are our low latency wireless audio? You know, you take away our, you take away our headphone. Suck it. So you cannot take away our yeah. Isn't that uh, isn't that Braveheart? Is there a is that yeah. something to do with Braveheart? Yeah. Uh, so you know, so I'm hoping that we'll see maybe at Nam, maybe some other companies will. I don't kind of know. I, I, I mean, I, there is. I, I would just like to add here. I'm sure it's totally viable now, but the kind of wave wave the sort of signals it would need to be carried on are probably extremely bad for human beings you know it's like very high frequency you know you need a very short cycle you need very high high uh, high dsps that would fire it out and I, i'm sure whatever that carrier is you know if we're worried about microwaves from mobile phones that's nothing compared to what's I mean, going to happen you think i thought i thought there was a company who's brought out some low super low latency powered so studio monitors and that they're meant to be, and they and I've seen a few people reviewing them, saying that they work. Per, they're they're finding no perceivable problem using them in a musical context. Okay, I've the company. Well, they've also lit up it'll fronts feel, on them. It'll feel a bit different with speakers because you have got that distance away from the speakers, so there right. is a sort of you know you kind of you, work you, with you, a certain yeah. amount of latency. But when they, when you got the headphones directly on, then that latency is super pronounced, isn't it? Um, mm. At the moment, yeah. So, but yeah, uh, but yeah, I mean, I, all I was going to say, though, Nick, to what you were saying there, though, is the. Low um, audio latency, I think it's somewhere on, like with, um, I think the Apple AirPods is somewhere around 50 milliseconds or something like that. It's not huge. So it's just a reduction in that to the point where it becomes, it passes the threshold for it to become musically useful. You don't so have to go just a, right just a mere seven, 70% <laughs> reduction in the uh, yeah. Also. yeah. But you don't, need to, you don't need to get it beyond, a, you know, a certain yeah. point would be good enough would be practical and useful um so that's why well, like. actually that's a point because i was talking i was listening i was watching a program about uh it's uh, hannah fry's done some really good uh, programs about kind of everyday technology one of the things that she did was headphones and she was talking about the blue the the noise cancelling headphones and the sort of technology that bose and others do and the fact that what it does the microphone in your earpiece is f is fast enough to process the audio and put it out of phase before it gets to your actual eardrum and that's pretty bloody fast so i suppose there must be there must be a yeah. way to do it so yeah yeah it just seems weird it seems like there's not enough people making noise about this kind of demanding it i think so maybe the manual well there are so many there are so many things that we could be doing better aren't there that's probably not near the uh, near the top of the list for the the, the majority of, uh, yeah. of of the masses but yeah i totally totally get that that's really interesting interesting okay well um Let's get on to another topic, which is, again, this is very sort of general, discussy sort of topic, topics. 
and this was what did you last do to improve your uh, workflow? So that could be anything to do with, you know, a new chair, new desk, new speakers, whatever. Something that's kind of you put in to actually change the way that you you work and make it easier to do what you do. Um, Gaz, have you? I mean, I, I've been to your room. And uh, mm. the camera actually uh, makes it look a lot bigger than than it is, and a lot and a lot less <laughs> completely stuffed full of a massive amounts of <laughs> yeah. synthesizers and electronics, which is amazing. It's an amazing feat. So I imagine, and I know in the past, mm. I mean, there was a whole period of time where you you focused almost entirely on workflow and and moving things around yeah. and getting the setup right. Is that something uh, you are still doing, or are you now using more? So less of that is appropriate. And uh, well, no, I have been actually making quite a few adjustments here to do with workflow, um, you know, because this kind of wraps around here. Um, I've just added a uh, a Roland TR6S into my, ah, okay. uh, which uh, which actually is fabulous. It's really it was the it was the inclusion of the CR78 ACB model that kind of uh, pushed me over the edge there, um, but. The reason I mention that is to do with the workflow is uh, this, uh, the Isla S2400 is the centerpiece of this part of the studio. And mm. the whole kind of workflow is kind of centered around that. And then that's the kind of master clock because it actually kind of outputs MIDI and um, gates. So it kind of synchronizes everything. Um and I was using that for sort of programming beats on there, but I, I kind of like the little TR6S for just getting something up nice and quick. And then, uh, and I'm using the this S2400. Um, it's got like a really cool, uh, like live looping that was somewhat based on the RC505 kind of workflow. All right. Um, which I'm a huge fan of. I've got two 505s. Um, so I get something, I get something going and then I just then can just, I can grab, I've got like eight loops that I can grab, which are now, which you can now do in stereo, which is something that you couldn't do. Oh, before. nice. So you can grab, you can grab the stereo. And then what you can then do is then convert them from loops um, from the live loop thing into the sample tracks, uh, which then allow you to kind you of it, right, you can play it right, Got you. do different things like that. So in terms of in terms of workflow, it's really great. I'm really enjoying it. Um, uh, and this is my kind of analog section, really, where I've got various analog synths. And uh, I mean, all of this is just for making nonsense i mean i'm not doing anything commercial <laughs> on it uh but it, i'm having a lot of fun with it but uh on the other end of the studio is my modular kind of setup and uh the main thing there workflow wise that's really transformed it is the um stochastic inspiration generator from stochastic oh. instruments which is fascinating device um and then I've built a whole workflow around that, and uh, and that, uh, that so that with my modular kind of ex exploits, I've got uh, a few different paths that I'm taking. I've got my live rig, which I keep in a different room, uh, and I, and then my studio stuff, which is much more 
Well, in, in this case, is more generative. Some um, where I use the stochastic inspiration generator and just root out. Uh, I've got it with the expander, so it gives you four four channels. Um, but I'm combining that with a, a more traditional sequencer, I think called the Westlicht Performer, which is an astonishingly brilliant module synthesizer um, sequencer module that's not commercially available. It's an open source project, but really really good it's kind of the closest thing i've found to an electron workflow within the modular right um with some extras that is i think go beyond what electron have done one of which um ah now you see the the two they both do this thing which i'm kind of doing generative things with uh the stochastic uh inspiration generator does it a particular way but what the westlich does i think is really interesting that you can Every step you can put various um, probabilities on whether the gate will play, but also right. if you dial in a scale, and I've not seen this on anything else before, you can on a single step you can say what's the note chance, what's the probability that the note that you've told it to play will play a different note. So you can say you know there's a twenty percent chance that that note when it when it plays won't be the note that you've told it to do but will be a note from within and then you can define a range for that wow particular. okay so it's all, it's about the setup then i guess but with, with that, so that yeah so like if that. you if you set it to say um two two notes apart uh, away from where the note that you've programmed it to be then you know there's a 20 percent chance that it will play so mm. it'll only play one that's very close oh, right, to okay. the that's interesting. or you can put them wider so it'll and you can do that on a per note basis and then that's separate from whether the gates will actually trigger as well so when you start to kind of add up all of this probability both in terms of notes playing and the the pitches right. playing like for instance if you've got like a kind of nice melody that you put in that's like repeating round and then you put key parts of that melody to kind of change where yeah. it is uh so oh, cool. you know it, it sounds really good and then one last point is on the stochastic uh, inspiration generator things that you can do which are quite interesting is you can say whether a note whether notes that that it plays you know what's the chances of the attack being long what's the chances of the decay being long you know and right so you can that sounds good whether the notes will you know what's the chances that the notes will slew or you know portamento glide and then um, so when you then start to combine all of this together you get this incredible it feels like amazing i mean this is much more generative I, this is very different from what i do live this is sort of uh, more of a i don't know like um yeah you just set it all up and then press go and then let it do its thing and it's uh it blows my socks off i should do some videos about it because it really is yeah it sounds cool. like it hmm. um Robbie, did I ask you yet? Because um, you've just re rejigged your studio the last yeah. year, got rid of things. I mean, anything specific um, that you've kind of like, you know, um, that you've uh, well, that's one changed? Thing that, one thing that I, I, one thing that I really took on board a couple of years ago uh, through my friend BT was was that the importance of like having a really good, a really good auto load for different things. So I've got I've been really streamlining my kind of. Basically, it is totally opposite end of the spectrum to Gaz. Um, I've been totally streamlining my my logic auto load so that I've got 
everything norm all the synths all absolutely leveled coming in all the analog stuff coming in on channels all leveled up ready to go and they and they pipe through to channels where i can i can immediately track them and bounce them to audio you know all that kind of thing so basically the whole system i can i don't have to lose inspiration i can just go right i want to use this i can get that done right i can print that and 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 that right, kind of workflow and then I've got like a really refined mix bus system that's all within the same thing where with different things that I use for stemming out and everything. And it just, it's amazing how much, it's such a boring thing to have to do. But it's kind of once you do it and you and you realise how much, it, it it means the computer doesn't impede so much on your creativity. And um, It's interesting. So I'm, that, I'm, I'm, I mean, I, yeah. Again, it's almost it's like that's the sort of thing that AI could do if you could teach yeah. it properly. What, yeah. But, Mm-hmm. But it doesn't. It's, yeah. just, it's you know, it's like yeah. the whole thing of like setting up with a session of nothing in it and go create eight tracks or create another virtual instrument, create another virtual instrument. Right, where's oh, that God, library? All that stuff. It just it just it gets tedious. Once you've got something that's totally set up, it's like amazing. You can just come. I can just come in and make music, and that's kind of yeah. like. So I'm now in the process of doing a new one for the film score, which has kind of got a slightly different kind of de- ethos to my sort of normal production and one. A, palette, a different and palette kind of sounds like, as well. Yeah. Yeah, and it's it's but it's it is one of those things that when you say it to people, they go, "Oh God, that sounds really nerdy and boring." And it is, but if you're doing music as a career and you're using the computer, anything to make the computer seem less laborious is 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 good in my book. Yeah, you that's know, one so, thing I find it increase. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. it makes me it makes me physically my blood boil when I watch people mouse up to a menu item, draw, drag down the menu item, click on the thing, and then click on the thing. When I know <laughs> there's a key, key command for it, for God's sake. Yeah, key um, command. That, that's it. Yeah, exactly. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, what uh, what what have so, you done recently that's that's changed your changed your world? New camera. So in the last. Yeah, yeah. In the last couple of years, I think it was, I know this is going to sound silly, but not buying synths all the time as the only thing I was buying. Literally, all I was doing was buying synths and I didn't have a studio. (laughs) I had a pile of synths. Right. So I bought, you know, essentially I bought soundproofing. I bought a space. I bought... um, you know, a nice new mix. So I bought all these little things, these utility things that was like, I don't need this stuff, you know. (laughs) But I I really did in terms of, um, you know, workflow. And the biggest one for me, especially with vocals, has been finding the right microphone, finding a good microphone. Um, Before this Neumann, this Neumann uh, excursion, I was using a Bayer Dynamic uh, Touring Gear V50D, which is a great dynamic microphone. It's like an SM58, but it's got a bit of a pronounced top end. And it's great for live, but on studio recordings, I could never get quite the vocal timbre that I wanted. I was kind of double compressing it, which obviously created noise, so I had to like cut all of that out and then use a bit of EQ, a bit of chorus in. And I was kind of skeptical about, you know, how much difference the microphone would make to the speed Mm. of my vocal takes. But as soon as I got the Neumann, I recorded some takes. 
I didn't need to double compress anymore. I didn't need to compress anywhere near as much uh, anymore unless I wanted, you know, that really, really kind of in-your-face kind yeah. of sound. The noise floor was better, um, probably because it's, like, active with phantom power and stuff like that, isn't it? Um, yeah. And also, um, I had to EQ it less. I do, mm. like, a tiny little booster, like, maybe 600 and I do a tiny little cut somewhere up top. If my voice has a nasty resonance in it sometimes, if I haven't drank enough water. And I, I worked that out thanks to the Neumann because it's so yeah. clear. I can hear, I think it's at about 10,000, 10, about 6,000 to 10,000 hertz. There's a nasty sort of clicky kind of resonance in my voice, which I kind of cut out sometimes. Um, right. And it's been great on female vocals as well, you know, when because you've heard that track I did recently with the female vocals. Yeah. Um, absolutely, absolutely brilliant on that. So I'm thinking, hmm, shall I try and get some more microphones now? Shall I, uh, you uh -oh. know, try, try a few different ones? <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> uh -oh, I'll end yeah. up with oh, a U87 at some point. Yeah. I'm happy, you know. I'm just about to get the U, the UA Sphere mic, the DLX. Okay. Yeah, oh, is that the, the multi to the mid side one? Is that yeah. the mid side yeah, one? The, that the, does the, the... Yeah, the mid side modelling mic. Yeah, I've got a I've got a mic, you know, that I've used. I've got a Rode Classic too, which is the mic I have yeah. used for twenty five years. Vintage. Wow. You know, it's like a valve mic. It was there a high end one. I've used it on every recording, every artist. It's worked brilliantly um that's great it's just i've got a project where i'm going to be going backwards and forwards to another studio in norway and it's and the, mm. the great thing about the, the sphere is it even model you can even if for instance if you've got like an aston halo or you've got an yeah. se electronics screen you, it'll actually take into account what 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 those screens will do in terms of changing the sound so i can Witchcraft. exactly match the sound working recording over there and i can recording over here in a different room That's so cool so which is why i'm which is why i'm going for it but i'm quite excited because it's coming with all those i've bought all the all the packages you know all the ocean way mic setups and all that stuff so uh, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> be very interested to see what it see i comes, i I, re I reviewed the ocean way mic mic thing ages ago and it was really interesting what it would do i mean i think it was um i, I got this lovely vocal off this guy who's a very fruity sort of uh, older gentleman <laughs> singing voice it was really great and i put it through that and it was astonishing and it was every, every time it's the c12 all day every day yeah. c12, c12 please. Okay. yeah c12 okay. that's the one yes please i mean the c12 <laughs> is beautiful because the c uh, for those who don't know the, the original c12 yeah. was it akg was it akg yeah. was it actually yeah. a, it was a stereo mic and they got the, the capsules got split out and turned into single capsules and they were they were they're very much thought uh, well well uh, i know alison yeah. um golf rap sings into one of those for instance will's got right. one and it's just it's there's a sound to it that is unlike any other mic you know it's just got this kind of beautifulness here's, to it here's an, but, here's yeah. an interesting here's an interesting wow. thing about why neumann sound really good but also no two Neumanns will ever sound exactly the same. I'm, I'm not sure if this is all of the range, yeah. but certainly things like the U87. What they would do is they would, when when they've built it, they'd take the diaphragm and by hand they would have with some sort of measurements going on so they can see it, maybe oscilloscopes or, and using like some sort of pin, pierce the diaphragm in different places and then so hand tuning the frequency. Oh, wow. wow. 
until wow. you get it to sort of where you get it to kind Jesus. of get it as close to that's a specialized doing. job isn't it yeah <laughs> yes it's what do you me. do for a living i pierce neumann <laughs> diaphragms <laughs> sounds terrible doesn't it there's something that there's yeah there's something there's something there's a smutty I'm gag a, um, in there somewhere <laughs> i'm a pro yeah. level gold sputterer yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah quite. it sounds, sounds wrong that you'll be piercing a diaphragm in a microphone yeah it doesn't oh, sound yeah in many moving ways on. yeah very moving on before christmas <laughs> before christmas before christmas i got some new monitors well i've had some new monitors for a while in studio dyn audio um uh their, their new range it's absolutely fantastic um but when i got them i was like oh i'm in a i don't really want to make a lot of noise normally i would like burn a pair of speakers in by putting on something very heavy for about two days at very high volume to try and sort of wear them in and the guy the guy at um dyn audio said oh no no you don't have to do that and he's he, he, he led me through this process on on the phone which like it, it makes me cringe now where i had to put my fingers all around the tweeter like equally dispersed and i had to push the tweeter right in so no. i felt it didn't give any more so it's right no. pushed oh, back and i was just like oh my god this is gonna snap any minute and he said right hold it there hold it there i was going please let me stop and then he says april fools apparently that's what they do at the factory to burn them in because they haven't got time to do the burning in but it was a horrible wow. it was it did feel very unnatural Ooh. just like piercing a diaphragm on a mic i think oh god that sounds terrible yeah, yeah. Oh. um okay well yeah. we're getting close to the end i know i was going to said i was going to try and do some questions there was one question i wanted to throw in there just curious actually one that because um i'll bring this up because i've ordered uh i bought it uh yesterday or the day before i've ordered the Ber new behringer uh cobol expander because i'm really keen because lots of people are very interested in it and when i reviewed the zills lab um yeah. poly kb the oscillators are the same in except they were digital and i was i just thought it sounded fantastic so i'm going to get that in for review we bought it ourselves because behringer refused to send us anything so that's fine but there was a question that came in which kind of makes sense so i'm just going to throw that up there that's from dudley baker which says uh, how's everybody feeling about the ubxa now we have a deluge of videos around us to hear for those of you who perhaps been under a rock this is the synth that is essentially an obxa clone uh, with other stuff in it and it's quite interesting there are a lot of videos out there uh, and they're mm. coming in and it's it's astonishing 16 voices split keys i think it's got poly after touch i don't think it's got any effects yeah. though poly i mean and a very impressive thing and i i was listening so i listened to a few videos and there was there's a, some patch comparisons out there i mean from my point of view i would say i honestly don't think the xa sounds all that great i mean that's that you know it didn't it, the actual the patch comparison neither of them sound particularly good i think the x and the, the original sounds marginally better yeah. but i don't think the actual synth itself is worthy of all of this accolade i know that's probably going to get me shot down in flames but <laughs> i just haven't I, I, I but i think that's part i think that's partly to do with the way that people play because they're all just playing jump and you know prog jump, lead lines on it, synth, basically yeah, yeah, it's, it's yeah. like it's not doing anything else so i just wondered what anybody else thought about that while uh, while we're on the subject have you had a listen uh robbie have you if you listen I've, I've to, listened I mean, to quite a lot i've i've had a lot of listened to a lot of demos and and i had the uh, obviously dan burton who plays with in Howard's band he was working for behringer till last year for, for a long time and he had one for a long time i i, I mean i think for the money and i think they do yeah quite hard i thought that was beat. actually really good what they did that thing where you could donate some money if you felt to this other thing they're doing i thought that was actually good on them that was a worthy kind of like kind of campaign i mean 
like you say, everybody's just playing sort of polysynths most of the time, which is kind of what you kind of uh, know it for. I've never really had much experience with any of those Oberheims. I, have, I had an Oberheim Sem. Yeah, so I'm actually quite different. looking forward to... I'm, I'm quite looking forward to their 2XM double Sem that they've got coming out. Um, oh, that'd but, um, be interesting. Yeah, yeah it was in the same rack format as everything else for like 250 quid or something with the patch points at the end. And I think it's ready to go. So I imagine that will come in very soon. But I mean, um, yeah, I mean, I, I haven't got room for any synths anyway. So I haven't got room for another <laughs> keyboard. I have, I have seen pictures of a, of a rack mount version of it. So a rack mount, okay. but, I, but I have been... I have been loving the Pro 800. I, it is fantastic. I mean, mm. you know, for the money, it's just ridiculous synth. I've, I've been enjoying... That's basically the analog poly I've got in here at the moment, and it's just... It's great, you know. So um, I, if it, I'm, if that's great, of that kind of money, I'm sure that the, the UBXA is, you know, is going to be giving a lot of people a lot of joy. It is. I mean, it's still... It's actually a bit more expensive than the lower stuff further down the line. So, I mean, yeah. this is the thing. We, I think when we spoke about it, it's kind of like now they're competing a bit more. I mean, it's still considerably cheaper, but it's <laughs> further up the food chain. Still further up the food Eight, chain. Nine, and it's nine, like... It's it's a, like uh, the UBXA. No, I think the UBXA is uh, is more than that, isn't it? I thought it was 12 no, it's 899. Oh, is it? Oh, right. Okay. It's right. 899. Well, that, that, yeah. well yeah. that's crazy. I don't it's know. I mean... Money, uh, yeah. uh, yeah, Paulie, uh, Ober, Oberheim stuff. Yes. I mean, I love the I love the sem, the twin sem, and the uh, the eight voice and all of that. Yeah. Not, I just don't know if I like. I mean, I, I enjoyed when I reviewed the OBX eight, and it's like, oh, that sounds yes. like an OBX and the and the OBX the the, the six the OB6. six voice one. I can't OB six. Lovely sounds, but it's just not. I just I, I the, those early really early ones just don't really do it yeah. for me. I think no. Because someone mentioned the Pro 800 slash Profix 600, um, I'll do my weekly thing of recommending that Arion SCHZ uh, chorus. Stereo chorus. They're great okay. on Profits. They're amazing. They're a So anyway. Yeah. They're really good. Um, so, uh, and it fattens up the low end and everything. So I've mentioned before that my heart is with the OBX because I grew up listening to Paul Bliss doing the 1986 Starfleet puppet show soundtrack with mm. all the OBX yeah. sounds and <laughs> uh, with DMX right. drums and stuff. It's just burned in my psyche. Um, and, of course, I've got an OB6, which I love dearly, because it's yeah, got all this crazy, good. crazy cross-mod stuff. Um, you can, you know, it's only got one LFO, but you can send Oscillator 2 to all sorts of places at yeah. low or audio rates like pulse width or um, the filter morph type at audio rate. Yeah. So I like that. Um, I'm going to come out and say I got the UBXA completely wrong when I talked about this on Sonic State last time. Uh, because oh, okay. I hadn't properly, I hadn't properly read the manual. I was just going off the front panel and looking at photos. So the thing is with the instrument, although it doesn't have all of the crazy audio rate stuff of the OB6, it does have a ridiculously deep kind of mod matrix. That's it's kind of hidden inside a menu. But if you look at the UBXA manual you can assign so many things so many places that it really takes it well out of the 
realm of right. the original, basically. So, that's probably the thing, isn't it? Yeah, nobody's nobody's programmed it that deeply yet. Maybe so. No, I yeah. I don't think it's going to be that fun to get into those menus because I don't think the screen's very big on it. Yeah, but. But some people, and especially if an editor comes out, some people, some person with autism is going to sit there for six <laughs> hours and, and program an amazing few patches, you know, on it. So yeah. there we go. It's interesting, guys, isn't it? I mean, poly, in terms of polysense, I mean, I think, you know, you're pretty well covered with your uh, uh, Super 6. I, 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 and I'm, you know, I don't find myself hankering. It's in, you know, because polysense have been de rigueur for such a long time now, analogue ones, it's like, and now it almost feels like the moment's gone to a degree. I mean, Behringer are great for doing this and making it the price, but it feels almost a bit late to the party in some weird way. I don't mm. know whether that's a, 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 an unfair representation. Uh, well, I mean, in terms, it, it, rep it, it definitely connect that connects with my feelings. I'm sort of, I mean, I've got the, I got the, yeah, the Super Six. I've got a Deep Mind Twelve. I've got my Abyss, <laughs> my little four channel Abyss, uh, my four voice Abyss. Uh, uh, so, I, yeah, I'm not really that interested. <laughs> yeah, yeah, beautiful instrument for sure, but nah. I mean, again, I just, I'm just a little bit. I don't know. It's um, yeah, meh. It, the, yeah, a bit meh. Yeah, a little bit, just personally, but not to diss it at all. I think uh, I'd be interested to see uh, in a live situation if I was playing in a band with someone playing one. I would be really interested to see how it works in that mm. kind of situation, because mm. they don't necessarily always work with a within a band. Um, the uh, um, which one was it now? Uh, so in the Charlotte Church band, um, the keeper player Robbie Moore, he was playing um, a Prophet 08, which is quite mm. an old poly synth now, yeah. I guess. Uh, but in the context of the band, that worked really, really, really well. Um, so, you know, like a big girthy poly synth, you know, might sound super good through your monitors, but, you know, would it just sound a bit kind of too Takes much? Takes up too much space. Wave? Yeah. Mm. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I, suppose, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, but also, I mean, I see a lot. I see a lot of people playing OB6s live. By the way, I mean, they're very popular, yeah. Yeah. particularly with the Bristol Bristol Posse, Hazel Mills, yeah. uh, that guy that we saw at the pub that time, Gaz. I can't remember. He was playing him, wasn't he? OB6. Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah, I, there right. are a bunch of them. Yeah. They seem to be live yeah, choices. They're Blomfield, super nice. Right. Yeah, Jim. Yeah, yeah, they are. Mm. And they're and great like for function. Yeah, that's um, true. It's funny, isn't it? Because like I, I, Howard's never had an Oberheim in his whole career. Uh, lots of people I know, even I mean, the only person I know, Tom Bailey from, I mean, Tom Bailey from the uh, from Thompson Twins, famously, all their yeah. bass lines were done with the Ob with the what was it the Ob Ob Obx, and it, everybody yes. always went on about how great those bass sounds were, you know. So, I, I, but those are people. I, most people I know, are like, no, I've never had one. I've never. I've think that's a UK thing because I think it was they were so expensive back in the day they very few yeah. of them made that made the made it across the water to sort of synth yeah. bands so. I don't know many people who've got them and any derivative of them now apart from the OB right. I mean BT's got a couple and and I know a few people with the mm. OB6 but I don't know many people with vintage ones at all no, no well that's probably has, hasn't he 
Yeah, he's got that. He's probably he's got them all. Um, <laughs> he's got the whole the, bag. The, quintess, bag. the quintessential Oberheim hit, I believe, is Nine and Nine Ziggler balloons by Nino. I believe that's all. Oh, Nino, that's all over home. Ah, okay. It's OBX or OBXA, I can't remember the one. Yeah, it's, it's, so it's blown sound, isn't it? It's what everybody kind yeah. of associates with. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, anyway, I just wanted to get one QQ in there, but I think we probably wrap things up because it's been going on a long time. I'm sure um, people have got other things to be getting on with and I appreciate you all giving up your time. Uh, I'll come to you first, guys. Are you, pl- are you streaming tonight or are you taking... Uh, uh, no, I'm... I, I am going to, I'm hopefully going to start streaming from next week, uh, Wednesday, and trying to make it regularly. Uh, I can't do it this week. Uh, I'm actually going somewhere very interesting tonight. I can't talk about oh, it, but I will in okay. the future. Tell maybe. us next time. But, um, <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, but yeah, but please, if you do get the chance to tune into my show in the future, please do. I really enjoy having company. Thanks a lot. But thanks for having me on the show. Thanks for coming. And Paulie Bo, uh, thank you to you. Are you, uh, you, you getting to the sort of arse end and dregs of the stuff that you uh, have got to finish up for the for your <laughs> film? Or are you, uh, is it snagging or are you still in the meat of it? Ooh, um, I'm, st- I'm still in the meat of, of mixing it, essentially. Not really know what I'm doing, so it's a bit of a trial by fire, but it's fine, you know. It's just one long song in it with someone talking over it. That's all a, a soundtrack mix is. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just um just just make sure just essentially make sure you can hear people speaking no matter how good my music underneath is where I'm like no I'm just going to drown out this guy talking because my synth solo is so good you know can't be doing <laughs> yeah. that yeah, um, that's true and stuff like that and uh yeah it's it's going to be okay but what I'm doing is um using the I can't remember which of my many therapists said this. I'm using <laughs> I'm using the approach of I don't see them all at the same time by the way. Um I'm using the kind of doing little bits of projects, you know, uh rather than spending right. a long time on one. I'm just doing a bit here, doing a bit there and it kind of breaks it up and it makes it a bit more fun, you know. I think that's yeah. I think I, I think Yoad does the same projects. thing. I think that's he's often switching between and makes it makes yeah. it a bit less. You and, so I'm do and that. I suppose in a way you don't get quite so obsessive about it. You can kind of dip in and dip out. That's yeah. it. Yeah, always good. And yeah. Robbie, um, I guess you're yeah. going to be locked in your room for a while doing your stuff. Um, and yeah, maybe we'll three, see. Three, you. three weeks. We've got three weeks to do it. It's it's the usual thing. It's like a. It's always with the score. It's like right. It has to be done. It's the last thing to be done for the movie. The movie's all done, and like, but then we get told we have to do it within like three or four weeks. So I think we've got an hour and forty-five minutes worth of music to write. Wow. Okay. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah. So I'll be working AI? between here and I'll be working <laughs> long reverbs and, and drones. Yeah. Yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> long reverbs, drones, and arpeggiators. It may, I may, I suggest. Yeah. Put it down an octave. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and transposition. Yeah, no, yeah. Be, all of. I work. I've, I've got another guy I work with, so it's fun. It's much more fun doing it as a as a as a duo because you can kind of when you get sick and tired of being at the sort of cutting edge, you can hand it over to someone else. Nice. Yeah. Your problem now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. 
Well, lovely folks. Thank you ever so much. Uh, I've got the right button. No, it's this button I need, isn't it? Yeah. So uh, thanks to everybody in the chats. Thanks to Wagyu. Thanks to all of our regulars. Uh, we will be back next week. Uh, and um, that was it. Sonic Talks 785. Take care now. Bye-bye. All right.